2: Hello and welcome to episode 264 of the Slow Ride podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey,
1: this is Matt, in Minneapolis. This is Spencer in Boston. Uh, Tim, Orlando, Florida. What's going on there?
2: I'm still in the cone of uncertainty. Everything is fine here. I believe that we will persevere much better than the folks unfortunately in the Bahamas where the hurricane decided to make a pit stop like a little guy cross race um, slow wheel change yeah
0: so, very oh, sad so wow what an interesting way to throw shade at me
1: <laughs> so Orlando's got a little bit of a rest day today much like the vuelta uh yes is that is that kind of correct okay this
2: is, this is the best segues we've ever had um yeah so everything is fine right now and uh, Florida. It looks like the hurricanes to the east. I am ready to go. I have been watching the Volta non stop. I know you okay. were up at Mount St. Anne. Yeah. I um unfortunately my bikes are still in St. Pete. I haven't figured out how to pick them up yet. <laughs> this is the downside of my plan
1: <laughs> because
2: with the wind being so fast, there are definitely some KOMs for the taking on Strava.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
2: That I have oh. been unable to capture.
1: What a huge missed opportunity, Tim. I know.
2: Yeah. Um but there's there's so much to discuss. I have a lot to uh, talk about. We've got a couple of viewer email or listener emails and then also uh, some reviews that we need to discuss that uh, were brought my way. So, Spencer. Yeah. You took the Slow Ride Podcast Road Show on the road mm-hmm. to another country. This is the first time the Slow Ride Podcast has been in another country for on-the-scene reporting. Yeah. Um, Official business. You were in Quebec, Mount St. Anne, for the UCI Mountain Bike World Championships. Yes. My first question to you is How awesome were the e Mountain Bike World Championships?
1: Well, I didn't make it out to those, Tim. I know you were going to be disappointed. I know you were counting on me for this reporting. Um, there are probably going to be many, many digital column inches written uh, on other major cycling news sites about this motorcycle race that happened at. Uh, Mount Saint-Anne, um, over the weekend. But um, yeah, Jersey was given out. And in, I guess in the biggest news, probably Julian Epsilon didn't win it. So that's all I really know.
2: Julian Epsilon did not win. But I did see PFP won in the women's cross-country race. That is true. I did true. see Nino Schurter won. But I have to admit, Spencer, my favorite part of all of it was seeing my friend's Twitter feeds of the downhill mm-hmm. and watching the videos of how fast these monsters are going down the side of a mountain for the downhill
1: world championships. It's, it's obscene. It's obscene to see it, uh, uh f- up close and personal. Uh, and even more so, uh, I think echoing your experience of, at the Fort William track, uh, when you were there, um, some of the stuff that they ride does just is, it doesn't make sense. Like it's mm-hmm. not possible to uh, to ride over, and then they go over <laughs> at speeds that are just mind-boggling. So, um,
2: this is yeah. now the third World Championships you've been to, because um, you've gone to Cyclocross World Championships. Yep. You have seen the Road World Championships. How would you rate the Mountain Bike World Championships versus those?
1: Well, Tim. I would also say I've been to the bicycle messenger world championships as well. Yeah.
2: Well, I just wanted to make sure you weren't going to claim the track world championships. Cause I have that one up on you from you 2005 and in, L- in Los Angeles, but how would you rank the, okay, we'll throw in the messenger world championships, which I've also been to. So okay. how, how would you rank the mountain bike setup and all of that crowd?
1: Everything. Um, I, so if it depends on the scale or the lens through which you're looking at these, because I had the most fun maybe this weekend, like spectating wise, because you can bounce around the course. Yeah. I guess you can, uh, yeah, you guys weren't there bugging me, slowing me down. Um, no, it was beautiful weather. It was a, uh, gorgeous venue, like overlooking the, the river and the Island there off of, uh, uh, Quebec city and just spectacular. Uh, the whole show was, was great. Um, maybe it's a recency bias. I don't know cycle cross there are a
2: lot of people to tell oh, us about like the-
1: there were it, they were quoting 50,000 people i would be Dang. shocked if it was that low there were did you have to pay to get people. in uh no
2: wow so it was free to get in free to That's get in nice okay you- so 50,000 people was there poutine on the ground
1: there was poutine everywhere we were just swimming in it uh, you couldn't you couldn't turn around without getting hit with more poutine it okay. was uh you know, you had to bring pack a couple of changes of clothes.
2: Did any Canadian do well in the race for them to be? Like, did Ryder Heshtal all of a sudden show up in the downhill track and be like, hey,
1: I'm here? No, they had a, they had a Canadian uh, on the hot seat there uh, until the last few runs. Uh, I think he got bumped down to sixth off the top of my head, maybe seventh. Um, okay. Did all right. Not bad. Um, so
2: who won the men's and women's downhill? I didn't even watch it.
1: Oh, well. Now, I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, it was French domination. Let's just put was it that, this way. France, I've been talking for years on this podcast about French cross and how it's coming back. And apparently I was wrong. It's not coming back. Hmm. French cyclocross is dead. But French mountain biking, here to stay. Uh, they are dominating in all areas uh, off-road except, except for cyclocross. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. Who knows? Maybe this is the year.
1: Yeah. So... so- Luca Broni, Luca Broni, handily won the men's race. It was a uh, it was very epic, uh, great run. Just shocking, just shockingly fast. Um, very very good. And who um, won the women's side? Miriam Nicole took ah, the win you. for France. It was just a great race. It was it was very good. Um, that one in particular uh, was a nail biter to the end. Um, but I think you know probably the the person that our listeners are most familiar with uh, on the mountain bike weekend. Pauline Ferran pervo Really? Dominating uh, in the women's cross-country race. Uh, being that she's a you know former world champion in cyclocross and on the road, uh, I think, uh, as well as now a repeat uh, on the mountain bike, I think she's probably uh, most familiar to most people. Definitely that I a think.
2: Slow Ride Podcast Hall of Famer, but Here's yeah. the bigger question, Spencer. Like Nino Schurter, Like that that's not the one that people you think are gonna be like the most uh I mean no, granted Matthew Vanderpol is Nah,
1: nah, nah, nah. We got a bunch of roadies listening to this show, Tim. <laughs> we can talk about Nino every week and it doesn't matter. We got a bunch of roadies here, and that's okay. They're welcome here. Um, PFP, dominating performance. I would just like to point out, I called it last weekend. She was my mm. my pick for the win. You guys both a couple of scoffs over there, both a couple of like, oh, really? Hmm, I don't think nah. so. Um, so, you know, just going to take this moment in the limelight. I'm going to, me and, and Pauline stepping up on that top step, raising our arms in the air and uh, giving you guys the bird.
2: Okay, let me ask a it. more important question for our listeners. I'll keep this show rolling because I don't want you to bask in your glory too much. But Spencer, when you are there, let's talk about downhill day. How do you get to the top of the mountain? Like, where Like where do you go watch this race? Do you just start start at the bottom and you just start climbing up by foot? Do you take the gondola up top? What do you do?
1: Those would be your two options. Yeah. So you could do either one of those things. You could take the gondola up, check out the scene up there, watch people warming up and then make your way down. Or okay. you can start at the bottom. and So they warm up. up.
2: They warm up before they go. They, everyone gets like one run down?
1: No, there's practice windows
2: okay so where do you decide to go do you just like hey do you just go to where the guy is with the chainsaw making all the noise or the the old frame with the uh the stick
1: it's probably a good bet yeah um we uh we started the bottom and and walked our way uh most of the way up and then back down uh as the as the races were winding down um you know, they do a pretty good job on the course map of kind of uh, calling out the different segments, the ones that uh, are particularly fun to watch.
2: So, And do you know how people are doing during the race? Like, is there standings?
1: Nope, no idea. Okay, um, this is the, when, so it's kind of like
2: watching the Tour de France. You're just kind of out there on the side of the road. Yeah. And then every now and then someone comes screaming past you really yes. fast.
1: Now, down, if you were watching down at the bottom, they do have the television feed up on the giant screen and you can see the results and, and all that. Uh, but you only get to see the last two jumps or whatever. Um, so if you go further up, you get to see the really awesome stuff, but you have no idea how people are doing. Okay.
2: Kind of Curious. Way. All right, I was just, I was wondering about that.
1: Yeah. So overall,
2: would you recommend us going to Mount St.
1: Anne? 100%. It was, it was super cool. All
2: right. Little little guy, guy, you got any questions on this Mount St. Anne experience?
1: I, I know little guy's got a question. I've got the answer for him already. Yes, little guy. There was a vegan hot dog stand.
0: Oh, and they nice. were delicious. Um, that was not. I guess I, that's a good question. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work.
1: It um, was a. Uh, it was all in French, so it yeah. was a uh, little surprising that I was able to pick out that that's all they served was vegan mm-hmm. hot dogs. Um, they were one trick pony kind of tent, and it was awesome.
0: Oh, really? Just vegan hot dogs. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, I have a side note on that in that when I was biking today, I saw a woman crossing a street from a Walgreens and she had a T-shirt on that just said non-vegan.
1: All it right.
0: Said non-vegan? Just said non-vegan. And I said, really non-vegan?
2: And she went, yeah. All <laughs> right. So can I get a better, better, bigger, more important question rather than talking about your guys' dietary needs? And then, of course, that has to come to – this question comes from either – Friend of the podcast, Brandon Gavick or Ryan Fisher. I, I forgot which one. Both were checking in to see how the uh, hurricane prep was coming. Mm-hmm. And one of them That's raised reasonable. up the um, the oh. fact that what is up with men's cross-country U.S. racing? So basically, why does the U.S. suck so much at men's cross-country? Like, whatever happened? Like, we're crushing on the women's side, right? We've had a women's world champion with Kate Courtney. We have some really great um, results over time. What is up with the U.S. men? being so horrible and why do they not even exist on that side of the spectrum do you guys have any ideas here because the top place was 49th place luke v- road i don't even know who that is and i apologize no, no, no. for the name mispronunciation sorry keegan swenson 57th
0: i don't have an answer for you uh Spencer, maybe any ideas give all these high school leagues a couple years and they'll stop producing some champions
2: but the the high school leagues are already producing because that's where kate courtney came from right was the nika out in california
0: yeah, but, you like, know, like, a couple more years and the whole
2: country will catch up, and you'll have more to choose from. Spencer, why does the U.S. suck so much at men's cross-country mountain biking?
1: Uh, probably because we don't have enough UCI points to get good start spots, uh, because there's not enough big UCI races here. And uh, we're focusing more on stuff like the um, the Epic uh, epic Rides uh, series and stuff like that, which are actually paying people livable Salaries and and things like that. So uh, that's where the focus has been. Maybe okay. I don't know. That's just that, off the top of my head.
2: Besides that rational answer, we should just then therefore blame Epic Rides for not being UCI certified um, to get the. Let's UCI blame gravel points. racing. Gravel racing. Okay. Well, yeah. there you go, gavik or Fisher. I don't know who asked, but Spencer pretty much nailed it on the head. It's because of start spots, clearly. Um. So pretty cool stuff up there in Mount St. Ann. Spencer, I am absolutely jealous that you got to go. Um, it seemed fun. I loved watching your uh, some of your pictures. And then also, like I said earlier, some of the Instagram videos. I cannot believe the amount of speed that these racers are coming down the downhill. And then the fans that were lining the track at one to two deep, like your 50,000 oh, person more than estimates. That. Way more totally, than
1: that. It was but, probably 10 deep, Tim. But was, where these people
2: were, deep. like, in the speed traps, I saw one in particular, Result, Results Boy, put up a photo. And these people were, like, one or two deep on, like, the base of the turn. Like, if that person's tires did not catch when they were taking the left down the the ski slope, someone was going to get hit.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, wow. It reminded me of, like, rally racing. Yeah, like, when you watch, like, old rally B videos. And uh, people just on the side of, like, a turn. And you're just like, wow, you are in the wrong area.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was the downhill was exciting, and I know that you're more amped on that than I don't know either of us. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I got to say, the cross country races were super, super exciting, and uh, walking around that course was enlightening about what a World Cup level cross country course is because I went straight away to La Beatrice, the the very famous kind of downhill rock garden that uh Mont St. Anna is known for. And I watched them go down that and I was like, this is absolutely bananas. Like this this is not cross country at all. This is maybe enduro, like big enduro kind of light downhill. Like <laughs> like this is this is Buck Wild. And I was like, well at least it's just that section. But then I walked around the rest of the course, and that might not be the worst section on the course. It's just the one you can see the easiest uh, because it's not behind tree cover. Um, Hmm. That course is brutal start to finish. It is If you are not climbing an insanely pitched climb, you are just crashing over terrible rock gardens constantly and... I don't know what cross country racers are doing at the world cup level. I am used to our trails here in America, mostly, uh, uh, you know, run over with the dirt Zamboni and nice flowing (laughs) fast, uh, you know, twisty trails. And this is, this was not that, but sometimes when you watch those, those UCI
2: mountain bike races, though, Spencer, like at the in the other countries, there's definitely the dirt Zamboni that comes through. Maybe this is the ad. Maybe this is just the legacy of Mount Saint Anne as being what is the longest running course on the World Cup scene right now. Right, like I mean, that's that race I, has been around a while. Like, is it an old school style course versus what's new?
1: I uh, I don't think so. I think the level is just extremely high. Like it is like I cannot believe that people are doing that on hundred mil hardtail bikes. Like it's, it's (laughs) the level of the athletes, the amount of control they have, the the skill level is just phenomenal. It's crazy.
2: Spencer, you were there on the ground. Let's get to your expert opinion on this. Would Matthew Vanderpool be the mountain bike world champion if he had shown up?
1: Tim, you're going to put me in the spot, huh?
2: Hell yeah! I'm going to put you on the spot. Why else are people listening to this podcast? They're listening See, for the expert that is Spencer.
1: We have not uh, we have not discussed this prior to this very moment, and I just want to say I did have an answer prepared because I figured you were going to put me on the spot.
2: Okay, what's your answer?
1: Yes, he would have won. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. he would have won this race. I cannot believe he was not there. He should have been there. He could have won How much won does he regret
2: race? not being there? It's got to be a lot.
1: It's. I would hope it's a lot. He probably, honestly, he probably doesn't care because he's going to win it twelve times like going forward. But it's uh, World.
0: So come on. You
1: know. Yeah, he's like ah let let Nino win an eighth one. Like make it a somewhat of a challenge for me to get more wins than him. Like I don't know. I don't know what his theory is, but he could have won this and gone back and won Euros and won Worlds and whatever else on the road. Like it mm. wouldn't matter. He's he's built for this.
0: I, it was, I 100% forgot that he wasn't there, and when I pulled up the results, because um, I didn't watch it, but I pulled up the results, and I was like, how did Vanderpool not win? It took me a couple <laughs> seconds to remember that I totally yeah. knew he wasn't going to be there. My first thought was like, that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah.
2: Ugh. I was... um, I I enjoyed watching. I had... I, the only race I watched was the men's because I had a little bit of difficulty locating it because I forgot that NBC Sports has like the rights to all the UCI World Championships so like you get great coverage on Red Bull and then all of a sudden you get stuck with kind of the the NBC eyed yeah. version of it mm-hmm. like I guess when yeah. you're on the app there wasn't the uh, all the um, the commercials but it was definitely a little frustrating. See-
1: this was I, interesting. I didn't know that this was going to be the case. And and we were on the side of the course watching the Red Bull coverage uh, on our phones, you know, trying so to keep up Canada with what was, was going fine. on. Yeah, Canada was not geo-restricted, yeah. only the U.S. Um, so NBC uh, took that over and uh And they had a different, they didn't
2: they, have, um, what's his name, uh, the normal announcer that just is like blown away every time Matthew Vanderpool does something uh
1: yeah they did well they didn't have um rob and, and yeah rob uh, and rob bart warner. from red bull because they yeah. work for red bull not for nbc so well, they
2: had they had the 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 color commentator um that's normally on there he's he he was he was fine he crossed over but yeah they didn't have uh rob warner it was crazy though watching the race spencer two things stuck out to me the first is avacini's national champion kit versus like the brazil national team kit like Th- yeah. There's a nuance there that's very important. When Avicini is wearing his like trade team kit that is the national champion kit looks really good. You're like, Oh, that's a sharp looking jersey. He's the Brazilian national champion. But yeah. when he's wearing the Brazilian national team kit, it's like, get that thing off my screen. It is the ugliest kit in the history of cycling. I cannot look at this thing any oh, it was so bad. Like the oh, it was it was disgusting. That was that was one.
1: Okay. Yeah. The That's second one, I is have a I, lot of, I have a lot of opinions on national team kits now that I've been there all weekend, but let's move on. The sec,
2: the second one is Gerhard Kirschbaumer, The Italian that I always think is German. Yeah. Um <laughs> He was going to get on the podium and then he had like the flat. I was so bummed for him. He was looking really good. And then, uh, like, I didn't with know like what, was a get kilometer left, he had the flat tire for Tempier to beat him. That was that was kinda of bummy. I was I was kinda of bummed.
1: Anyway. Nice.
2: That was it. Th- those are my those are my comments.
1: Sir, those are great takeaways. Um You're yeah, welcome. No, big weekend, great weekend, gonna be World Cup. Uh, you know, obviously going forward. Don't miss it. It's incredible. It's super cool. It won't be as crazy as a world championships, which will actually be nice because It'll be a little easier to move around for you. Uh, I would, I would put that if, if I were out there. If I, you have any interest in mountain bike, put that on your calendar to go to or, snowshoe or put snowshoe next, on for yeah. uh, next weekend if you got to, you know, if you got to get out of the state because there's a hurricane coming or something.
2: Oh, I would love to be up in snowshoe. <laughs> I think that looks awesome. But uh, anyway, so Spencer, thanks for being on the ground. Um, we are going to jump into the pre-lap here because when we get back, we have a ton of Walta conversation to have. And we also have a um, couple of listener emails, so uh, pretty stoked on that. So uh, with that, let's get into the preamp. My
1: name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast.
2: all right once again we are brought to you by the listeners and supporters of the wide angle podium network head on over to wideanglepodium.com to find out more mitch docker is doing his weekly recaps at the vuelta check it out on life in the peloton podcast we also have some great um pods coming up from bike shop cx and our friends at cyclocross radio as cyclocross season has started so make sure you check those out as well um great stuff on the network wideanglepodium.com and with that guys i mm-hmm. got my buckler embrocation box in the mail so i thought it would only be natural that i opened it up here in front of you guys oh okay. i love a good unboxing so i've got my trusty knife because mm-hmm. buckler embrocation made chamois cream for us and it's called miracle lap now i got a nice box no one can see this but it's hand stamped mm-hmm. uh it looks like he went with the shredded paper uh packaging it's nice reusable and uh here it is our very own miracle wap. the tingle is the miracle and oh guys this is this is fantastic you can go to <laughs> bucklerembrocation.com yeah. and get this high viscosity uh chamois cream you definitely want to check it out. It's fantastic. So Buckler Embercation or Buckler Skincare.com to find out more.
0: It looks great, Tim. I'm a little annoyed you've got some and I don't since I actually rode my bike this weekend and you don't even have bikes there.
2: My bikes are still in St. Petersburg, but I tell you, when I get them back, Mm -hmm. I am going to (laughs) be totally... Oh, guys, this this stuff is so good. If
0: you need to go outside maybe to Tighten something down on the outside of the house during that hurricane. You can probably cover yourself in that WAP and just feel a nice little tingle rather than the fifty mile an hour winds blowing against you.
2: Yeah, it's a little yeah. menthol. It'd be good. I, I like that idea, Spencer or uh, little guy. Sorry, and uh, Spencer, you've got the uh, the final sponsor of the preem lap this week.
1: Oh yeah, um, you know I didn't get the uh, the the Buckler bump unfortunately, which uh, I'm sad about because the miracle WAP is uh, oh, just a just it is so just, good. It looks like a very fine Shammy product uh that that you can buy to support wide angle podium network and you know we pushed we pushed management here um the the upper echelon management at wap uh to include a banana uh, scent uh to that chamois cream just to, as a throwback to old school listeners of the slow ride podcast but they they weren't having it they wouldn't budge on it um so maybe on round two i guess but uh <laughs> Anyway, we are also uh, brought to you today by Grimper Brothers Coffee. Uh, they make two specific blends uh, that support the Wine Angle Podium Network. So if you purchase those blends of coffee, your your funds will come and support uh, the shows that you listen to on the network. Um, it, these include the Full Schleck, uh, a light roast uh, blend that is just, it's, it's my favorite. Uh, much like Andy and Frank Schleck, I just can't get enough. Uh, I need it in my life every morning. Mm -hmm. Um, And we also have an espresso blend called Hello, Cycle Cross Friends. um, That is also just fantastic. I have made it in my espresso machine. I've made it in my French press and my regular coffee maker. Uh, It is delicious in all facets of the coffee world because Grimper knows what they're doing. So if you like the darker roast, you like the lighter roast, we got you covered. Whitinglopodium.com slash coffee. We'll get you where you need to go for those beans.
2: Well, thanks for our two sponsors. That's fantastic, guys. Let's get back to the show. A couple emails, a couple reviews, and Volta talk. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Flowride Ride podcast. All right, guys, we got some reviews. We have to hit new reviews. Three stars. Respect our ski jumper. Three stars. <laughs> Why call Jumbo Visma yellow lotto when they aren't even sponsored by lotto anymore? Also, it's <laughs> Gronenwagen, not Grosenwagen. Show some respect to Cycling's new powerhouse team. Thoroughly disgusted. DG.
1: I, <laughs> Is that so, a joke one? It sounds like a joke one. Because, like, uh, kind of hits a little hard. <laughs> the three stars is fine. I'm not mad about that. Yeah. Uh, the yellow lotto, I mean, if you don't get that joke, I don't know what to tell you. Um, mm. But what I take umbrage with, serious umbrage with in this negative review, is the fact that he called yellow lotto a, a, a juggernaut of a team. No, the, uh, a the powerhouse.
2: Well, we don't know who, like, whoever it is left the thing and said new powerhouse team. We've been on the yeah. yellow lotto train. I'm pretty, like, little guy has been preaching about guessing for, got, four years now? At least, not longer. I mean, we were well, into the yellow Cal- lotto Demand- team when they were Rabobank, when they really had their doping regimen down.
1: Well, <laughs> sure, but also... Uh- <laughs> like, come on. If, if you want to talk about powerhouse teams, I I don't know if Yellow Lotto is really what comes to the top. Like we we talk a lot about Kreiswick here, we talk a lot about Kelderman. We've got a lot of love for ski jumper, a certain ski jumper. Um, but come on,
2: powerhouse. I, I guess to me it's powerhouse. Am, the three
1: stars, I'm fine, but don't you put Dumoulin on the team and really you think doesn't. you're a powerhouse all of a sudden?
2: I, I don't know. <laughs> Are they really yeah. dissing our love of Yellow Lotto? I feel like if we were gonna rank all the teams collectively, actually yeah. we should probably do this sometime on the pod where we all just do a blind test to see which ones average out as our highest ranked teams. I'm mm-hmm. willing to bet Yellow Lotto among the three of us is in the top two teams. Oh yeah. Top two? Like like collectively. Like if we were gonna average out how we would rank the pro tour teams one through uh-huh. nineteen. Like, I know that I would have Movistar 1, and you guys would probably have Movistar near the bottom. But we would collectively have Yellow Lotto near the top.
0: I'd have Movistar this year pretty high. If we do this next year, when they when all their GC guys leave, I'll probably rank them at the bottom. I just...
1: Little guy, hang on. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. They're going to be better next year than they are this year. You know that, right? Why? They'll just have Valverde. Yeah.
2: That's if, why they'll be a, better. No, but they'll age, also have Mark. Sol- are they going to have closed. Soler?
0: <laughs> Soler, yeah, we love Soler. Who's not? Who's not going to stay after the next year because he's already mad. He's so mad. We're only
1: talking about one year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mad about that stage win. He he got. They got Valverde got for taken. two more years. This will be all right. I mean, that's, I mean, okay. you know, I want to believe that he's ageless. He's basically the Paul Rudd of bike racing. But I, at some point, it's going to catch up to him.
2: So right now, let's just let's just go into it. Did you guys see the Nairo Quintana announcement three-year deal with uh, the, the the French oh, yeah. team with yeah, Arkea-Samsic? Yeah. Spencer, you saw the video, right? I did. Little guy, did you see the video?
0: I did. I did. That, Beautiful.
2: Tell me that wasn't the most continental team announcement video of all time? That was. Yeah, it was good. I liked so, it. So let's set it up for our listeners. But basically, random bike messenger, maybe fan guy comes out with his flat bar road bike in a team drop bars yeah drop bar okay support like team kit kind of loose fitting kind of aero (laughs) dress-esque riding around town got a text message that said come to these coordinates for a big announcement he finally gets there cuts through town dodges traffic gets there and then it's just a it's like Times square kind of announcement Mm. on a video board of nairo just going ah it's me and then with the thumbs up
0: yeah it says Columbia and then he gives a big thumbs up and you're like all right
2: you're like oh okay like yeah like what town was this video shot in like I there's so many things that I need to figure out here
1: quiet and town. Nair-
2: Nairo's got the three-year deal they announced it on the first rest day of the Vuelta which is hilarious it's been known forever. The
1: timing was perfect. I mean, yeah,
0: he's in the jersey. I mean, it's yeah. not a much better time to announce than, hey, by the way, we're getting this guy who's
2: currently leading the Grand so Tour. So is Arkea Samsic going to be guaranteed like Grand Tour stage wins now at the Volta and the Tour for sure? In the next so, like, two years? like
0: starts? Well, they're yeah. always going to get in the well, Tour cuz they're French and they got Bergneuil, the, but they'll yeah. get
2: in the Volta I'm assuming now. I would think so. Cuz they they I mean, they have arguably one of the th- Four greatest Grand Tour riders, <laughs> arguably. Yeah. Um, arguably, yeah. look at Hall of Famer.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's putting a little extra pressure on the uh, the 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 wild card teams in the Volta right now. But so far, Komfutis has won a stage, and they're you know it's hard to think of them as a little wildcard team when they spend more money than some of the big teams. Well, wow. but and then also uh, BH or whatever they already won a stage, so those guys seem like. They and they're kinda, in the mountains, Jersey. They punched yeah, no, their car uh, to come back.
1: Are you are you saying the um, curse of the Super Rookie is striking Caja Rual? Is I am that, saying you know that. I'm saying in? what
0: Caja Rural needs is one of us in the team card maybe help out a little bit with the DS decisions and maybe they get themselves that stage win, get this them back really, next year.
2: I like where your thought process is, but I am a little... Uh, I'm excited for Nairo to go to this new team. We'll talk about this a little bit yeah. more but let's let's get back to talk about it all winter let's let's get back to the one star review we've got oh nothing here of interest all right all right nothing here of interest one star review empty talk and race results utterly boring sweden this person's in sweden oh utterly boring why don't they listen to something in swedish then
1: yeah Sorry. So, empty yeah. talk. All right. Sorry. 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 Give me that review again one We're more time. Hit me it's with the, true. The, the base of it.
2: Empty talk and race talk. results. Utterly right. boring. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll give them empty talk. But race results? Do we really have that on here? A little
0: bit. We, like, sprinkle it in. Like, I just threw some down.
1: All right. We'll, we'll have to work on
0: that. While throwing shade at Tim at Kaharual. So it's All like... Right. Well, okay, guys. So
1: I have to... I, I'm going to... Speaking of throwing shade... I'm gonna to have to throw this all on uh, on our good friend Mitch Docker on uh, the Life Life in the Peloton podcast because he keeps opening up his show saying the Solaride podcast is his favorite podcast about cycling, and I gotta assume that has brought some new listeners over. And, <laughs> and they're it disappointed. pains me, it pains me to think that this could be somebody's first episode of the Slow Ride podcast that they're listening to right now. Like some, it, it somebody let me
2: stop you there it pains me to think that this is what Mitch Docker is listening to right now on the team bus before he goes out onto like stage 12 of the Vuelta and um has to crush it because we're still waiting for his top 20 finish so I can cash in on my roller derby points because remember he called his shot saying he's got a top 20 in him um but
1: he did the DS is probably saying something really important about tactics right now and he's got the earbuds in so uh he's not hearing it but uh, right, I, I got to think the influx of, of new listeners uh, that are looking for real cycling content are coming from him. And uh, sorry to disappoint this point, you guys. Uh, keep on leaving the reviews. We definitely appreciate the feedback. Whatever mm. you want to say is fine. We are going to read it on the podcast. It's
2: true. Hey, guys. Charlie Anderson here. Just bought my plane tickets to Madison. Ooh. When and where are the group rides happening? <laughs> Stoked for you to come along to the trek world cup up in madison charlie we're excited to have you there as far as the group rides they will be on friday night at the start line at the lakeside cross race little guy will be there in the front row make sure you cheer for him um little guy what is your costume of choice for the Oh, i have uh, to wear
0: a costume for that i don't know what's going on i know nothing
2: staging is based on costume
0: oh really um i have no idea i'll have to work on that i'll get back to you next week
2: Alright, we'll get some ideas. I'm already brainstorming some ideas for you, but uh, Charlie, we're excited to see everybody out there in Madison in a couple weeks' time. Yeah, another yeah. one here from Scott. Hey guys, my wife and I need your help. And as with all crucially important life de- decisions, we turn to the experts to help us through hard times. We've been locked in an argument since May, and I'm as sure as you've gathered this is about our fantasy cycling team names and who picked a better one at the Giro. Uh. So look so we look to you to adjudicate and tell us who sung it best. Entry one this. Nibali shark doo do doo do do doo, doo. so that would be a take on baby shark doo, doo yeah doo. yeah yeah we've talked about that so that was entry one or <laughs> okay. two
1: solid it's solid
2: entry two Marcel never gonna give you up never gonna let you down <laughs> want me. So, Spencer, if you could just fix that and post, that would be awesome. Yeah, just tune um, that. The, the never going to give you up uh, Rick Roll there. So we appreciate your help in saving our mar- marriage and look forward to find which one of you stuck in our head right now. All the best, Scott and Erica. So, Spencer, your choice. Which one is a better team name? The Rick Roll never going to give you up or the uh, baby shark based on Nibali?
1: He should have worked in some sort of Antonio Nibali reference into the baby shark one, I think. Um, oh. So I am leaning to the uh, to the Rick role as my vote here for mm. this uh, for this predicament.
2: Well, as the as a father of the podcast, I will say uh, Nibali shark. Do 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 do. Yeah, I'm a big fan best. of the Nibali shark.
1: Well, that settles it. Rickroll uh, yeah. definitely takes the cake then. And uh, thanks for the submission. Mm,
0: two dad votes beats beats one non dad vote. I think that's how it works. Two dads. Yeah.
2: Good day. That's Kiwi for hello. Slow Ride podcast. It's Murray. Just wanted to give you a quick note. In New Zealand, all Americans are basically Chuck, Hank, or Amy. <laughs> now, not so much Steve or whatever. Australians to us are Wave or Cheryl. <laughs> and occasionally blue there you go so there, so you're wondering so in america you're either a chuck or a hank or an amy so there you go from chuck new zealand
1: hank. uh chuck Murray, and hank. For those food. are like those are solid that's yeah. a solid burn but ironically i think it's a little outdated i think ironically maybe it's matt and tim that are more
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, it's accurate matt. right now all right Guys, we have finally arrived. The meat and potatoes of the podcast. We need to talk a little bit about the Volta. I have watched almost every stage um, so far. I'm hoping to be able to watch tomorrow before the power cuts out. On Sunday, Jesus. fantastic stuff. There's Tim, a lot of things I want to get off my chest. I am angry, little guy. I called you angry. You called me angry. We were playing back and forth on this hurricane. And I said, mm-hmm. what did I say to you, little guy? I said, if I can't make the podcast, what do you need to say for me?
0: Tim, you're upset that the english-speaking press is making a whole lot of guff about movistar's infighting you don't believe it you believe there it, is no a finely oiled here. machine except this for is the a... fact that there's an article on cycling news right now about solaire okay apologizing
2: of course for he's getting apologizing because he was wrong
0: uh, and, like, no, because his contract guy, runs for you, a while and he wants starts oh, in big
2: races well little but, yeah. guy you're gonna go down this slippery slope of just being in a English-speaking media fan. Let me let me tell you what's up. Solaire, I understand why he was angry, but the team made the right call. Solaire, uh-huh. you got to come back. You got to work for Nairo. Here's the thing, though. That commentary about the way Valverde was relentlessly attacking Roglic and Miguel Angel Lopez after Nairo was up the road was exactly mm-hmm. what I want to see from a teammate. They were He was putting him under pressure. I like that. This is what we need to see. Like th- There is no infighting here. Lando was the problem. Nairo, <laughs> Valverde, best buds. They're going to end up on the podium together in Madrid, and yeah, what, there's nothing wrong here. They're it's bike racing at the end of the day, and they're attacking. Yeah. Soler. I understand why he's a little disappointed. He may have won at the stage, probably not, but you know, yeah. it happened.
0: Uh, but, yeah. I I don't disagree that the, I think I think you're
2: right. I think Okay, I'm going to interrupt you again. The clickbait really well. articles between these two. The, the clickbait articles about this is the end of Movistar and how horrible. It's it's disgusting. Okay, I'm gonna stop now. You can talk.
0: And I I think I agree. They're playing into it a lot. I think it's it's one of the few solid clickbait narratives there is right now in cycling uh, journalism. Right. So you know they're gonna they're gonna roll with it. You are a person who who claims this should be a two week race. I think there's a lot of people. <laughs> editors at cycling websites and stuff included who think uh maybe it's a little late in the year and you got to jazz it up you got to spice it up you can't just come with the racing which is crazy because this first chunk of the volta has been really good racing a lot of win like a lot of different teams winning it's been exciting so they should just be able to lead with that but i think post tour it's a little hard you got to put a little drama in there
2: Okay, Spencer, what's your take? Are you as rational as little guy here? Am I? Am I a little over... Like, is is this the wrong now, thing for me to pick on as the lead of our Velto coverage is the infighting of Movistar that doesn't exist?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely heavy-handed. I don't think uh, you're necessarily um, barking up a tree that doesn't exist there, Tim. I I think you're correct, but yeah, I, I think you... Maybe have a soft spot for Movistar that uh, gets rubbed the wrong way uh, when these type of articles come out. So, um, yeah, I I, I don't believe the hype, but. um,
0: So who is the team leader of Movistar
1: right now? Oh, the team leader is Nairo.
0: Nairo, man.
2: Yeah, but, you know, Valverde has won the Volta before.
0: Ten years ago. I mean, let's, Valverde. let's
1: Yeah.
2: So, yeah. So, the, my, my favorite thing way. right now is Valverde was 20 years old when Pogachar was born. Did you, did you like so? So, yeah. the uh, Matthew Keenan was like, he could He's be dad. his dad. Like, yeah. like, literally, like, it's, it's possibly. And then Pogachar takes the win the other day over, uh, after Nairo totem all the way to the line. Um, that was pretty cool to see. I, I like this guy. I, I don't think he'll be. Beyond, I don't think he'll get into the top four overall, but it was pretty cool to pretty cool to see. I, I'm i loving the volta right now. This is this has been a fantastic race. Um, yeah, wh- what are your guys' takeaways? I mean, wh- where are you guys at on this?
0: No, I think it's been great. You've had a lot of a lot of a lot of different winners. Uh, I yeah, that top four. I mean, that's the race right there: Quintana, Roglic, Lopez, Valverde. I think that's your race, but. You know, you got some wild cards in po- Pogacar, Car, whatever his name is, in fifth, and whoever the hell Car Frederick Hagen is, in sixth place. That's somehow I don't a person I completely do not know anything
2: about sneaking. Yeah, into but the I top know 10. you were excited, little guy. Like you're burying lead here. You were so stoked when Wilco Calderman was in that uh, break the other day, and you're hey, like, he's I'm glad leader on the road.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I know he's climbing up. He's what? He's ninth right now. He's you know. Again, I think we're spoiled in grand tours lately. He, Kellerman's three minutes fifty-three seconds back. A couple years ago, we'd be like tricking ourselves that he was going to get himself on the podium or could win it. And now we're we're twenty seconds between the top four. We're totally spoiled again with another great
2: grand tour. I've been I've been really in watch uh, enjoying watching. One of the saddest parts of the watching, and uh, I think this has to do with just that. You know, as we've gotten to know Mitch over the years and listen to his podcast is the destruction that was the education first team in the first uh week. Yeah. I can't go terrible. without I mean, two two guys on one stage with broken collarbones, uran and uh Hugh Carthy. Two guys they who were, were flying in. in the mountains a couple yeah. days and before, so
0: especially I mean, it sucks for anybody, but it's like those were their main two guys at that moment, you know.
2: So yeah, and then to see that they were I mean they were trying stuff in the first week too, right? Like I mean w- when we have the we have a gif on our uh, mm-hmm. slow ride Twitter account of Mitch Docker just drilling it out the front of the mountains to like kind of put the hurt down. Um I think I was like on stage 5 or stage uh, 3 maybe. Um pr- pretty cool things to see. I I was definitely bummed out but It'd be nice to see like what a team can do now as you as you start to learn after the uh, the crashing to see where they can uh, you know salvage the uh, the victories and the the mm-hmm. wins. Other well, cool things.
0: It's a bummer, but it does increase the likelihood of Mitch popping off a couple top twenties.
2: Yes, for yeah. sure.
0: He's I, he's he's starting to run out of people that he
2: has to work for. I am also <laughs> all about this Burgos BH team purple kit i know mm-hmm. we were talking a little bit about it and i think it has to do with uh madroza um being in the king of the mountains lead and that he is a um he's a spectacled racer right like all of his team all of his photos he wears like glasses which mm-hmm. you know means a lot to me and you little guy i know spencer yep. you're a little like whatever guys but it's not very often that we get a uh, you know four-eyed uh yeah that's winners. true
0: that's true it is not long but, often. It's there's all there's only one great spectacled cyclist
1: and we all know who that is. We <laughs> yes. gotta cast our minds back uh let's see, who could little guy be talking about? Thirty years a, ago. Does he have a ponytail? I'm
0: I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the guy who won there's a guy who won Milan Sanremo, some eagle eyed eared listener will know who like won from the break at some point in the eighties and he looks like an accountant and i wish i could remember what year it is but this guy i don't know if he really won anything else just like when i got in one of those breaks that's totally doomed won it and there's the shots of him winning and he looks as surprised as anyone and he looks like an accountant stole a team jersey and snuck out there for the win he's he's the greatest spectacled cyclist of all time so
2: now there is a (laughs) there is a good um good news here is that the there's a time trial that still exists that's long in the Vuelta but it's the day after the rest day so Mm. people still aren't like you know for me the hurricane's coming so I'm not going to have power so I don't have to watch the time trial because all of the good time trial stuff happened in the team time trial that Spencer walked us through last week so you know we'll be okay knowing what you know now though guys knowing Mm. that there is that time trial tomorrow who is going to be wearing the red jersey on the final day in Madrid I, uh, Spencer. you want to hear what
1: I want to hear what Matt has to say actually because I've got my answer and I'm not sure he's going to like it.
0: Oh man, um, I think I think Roglic is going to take it, but I think I think we're going to have a I think Valverde is going to crack. I think Pogachar is going to actually sneak his way up to the podium, and uh, and I don't know who's going to maybe Quintana will fill out the rest of it. But it's a long way. It's
1: hard to it is. Yeah. This is hard. I I don't know what happened over the past week, but watching, I mean, over the past week of the Vuelta for sure, but even from July until now, I don't know what's happened because Nairo has turned into a different kind of rider and he looks like the kind of guy that can and will win a Grand Tour. Uh, I don't know how he he's going to pull won this a off. Grand
2: tour. He's won a couple times
1: this, this this year. He has he has not ridden like a guy who wants to win a grand tour. Tim recently, you absolutely no denying that he's been pretty crappy. Um, but he's got the spark back right now, and yeah. he wants to because he, he's not he, the he, king
2: he, of Colombia anymore, right? Like he needs to <laughs> restake his claim.
1: Yeah maybe that's it. Maybe the pressure is off. I don't know what it is, but he's got this youthful sort of uh, uh exuberance around him and I don't know how he's going to get around this time trial situation, but he he will somehow. He'll take more time out in the mountains. He'll do these crazy attacks that he likes to do. Like he's been he's been really fun to watch lately and him and Valverde tag teaming uh working together to work over the rest of the crowd up there. He has been fantastic to see. I don't think it's infighting. I do agree with Tim on that. Uh, I think this is a, a master class. I think they're playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers.
2: Oh, that's so good. I, I love hearing you say that Spencer. I'm just I will say that there's a couple things that I also want to point out because I, I like to kind of just pick up on things that that look good or kind of different um, things that catch my eye. Uh, we obviously talked about the Caja Rural um, team kit earlier and our quest to be in the team car. Um, they're, you know, they're they're doing okay, but I do want to point out that the Miguel Angel Lopez white jersey that he's wearing, mm-hmm. maybe my favorite leader's jersey look. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but the way that the sponsor logos mesh onto the the white jersey overall, it's a very like cool looking kit Hmm. um take a look at it when you see him out there maybe not in the time trial but just like the whole the whole setup i've i've been very impressed with kind of that look that uh angel lopez is running with that best young riders jersey and what's crazy is that best young riders competition is Pokachar is only like one and a half back so yeah like it's a sub jersey competition but Two of the top five riders are guys that are under 23 years old, one of which is 20. It's insane to think about the future of cycling. And then you still have old man Columbia, Nairo Quintana, who's only what, like 29?
0: Yeah, or or 47. No one's really sure.
2: Yeah, but we like sit here and we like make those like comments, right? Like it's, it's, you know, because you're like, wow, he must be old. 29 years old.
0: That's crazy. That's it feels insane like he's been that he's 29
2: forever. and we're already going like he's been around forever. Exactly. Yeah. Like, little guy, I'm 100% with you. And it's just like, I mean, he, he was racing at the, you know, for the, he joined Movistar in 2012. Yeah. So seven does, years, he was 22, but he started racing when he was 19.
0: Doesn't it feel like, I feel like when we first got into cycling... The press, the sort of consensus in the press would always be a GC guy, right? About 27 to 32. They'd always talk about, oh, they're coming uh-huh. into their, yeah. into their best years for GC and they're gonna, and this is when they gotta really shine. And they, they talk about, you know, like guys like Bossa, like when he's like 25, like, ah, oh, he's a guy for the future. And now it's like, yeah. man, guys are just coming out swinging. I don't know yeah. what that exactly means, but it, def- it definitely is uh, a lot more, Younger guys. So, I mean, it happened in the past, obviously. Bignon, Merckx, and so, those dudes were came out swinging. But you know,
2: let's have a little fun with this little guy. If you so, Nairo now has been signed for three years to Arkea-Samsic, mm-hmm. right? Oh, he's
0: entering his prime.
2: Yeah, it's three prime years. GC-ers. Entering his prime. Lining up for them next year on the tour, what they could have is they could have Greipel, so they'll have old Square Jaw, you know, former hill climb champion, to uh, <laughs> take a sprint top twenty. Yeah. Almost but as bad
0: as the ski. They jumper, still have
2: Bargiel under contract. Yep, he, they're going to have winner Anaconda. They're going to have Winter Anaconda, who's Nairo's right-hand man right now at Movistar. Maxime buway Yep, I mean they've they've actually got a pretty. Eh. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Dyer Quintana also got signed to Arkea. Yeah,
0: of course he did. Yeah,
1: so uh, and Diego Rosa. Diego from, Rosa, thank you. Spencer. Oh,
2: really? Ineos and Connor Swift. Yeah, British national champion. They're putting together a nice team. This team is stacked. Will Nairo Quintana be the first pro continental team winner of the tour?
0: Oh, since the whole split in team divisions. I hadn't even thought
2: about that. I mean, this is actually, I mean, this is a amazing team. They're starting to put together that for a pro continental team for like a GC threat, like usually it's, you know, going after stages or sprint wins. This is, I mean, with Bargiel and Nairo, who's the team it, leader? Is I it Nairo or is it Bargiel? The oh funny thing
0: is, is it's almost like Quintana's taken a little bit out of the land of playbook here because, I Why? don't know, I, because I don't expect Bargiel to play nice. You know, yeah, but I don't who's expect better? him. Quintana's better any day of the week, but, but, can you can he can Bargill accept that and work for him I don't think so can they play off each other possibly will that be by mistake most likely not because Bargill's actually trying so, but bargill Bar-Gil does do a lot of attacks that come to nothing which in a context of Quintana being his teammate we could see his setting him up yeah <laughs> but like if it's if, beautiful. if you changed his kit this year do a to to you know and, and mo Quintana was on the same team as him, you could have seen some of those Barguil attacks where he got off the front, Uh but he didn't really... You could tell he didn't quite have the speed to move away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see those as setup attacks, like nice springboard attacks.
1: I I think you're onto something, little guy, and I think maybe this isn't so much uh, Arkea pulling the strings. I don't think this is a tactical, savvy DS move um, getting these guys together. I think this is... Nairo Quintana's so, experience and movie star shining through this is him knowing exactly yeah. what he's getting into and being like oh I'm not going to be a Landa. I'm going to use this situation to my advantage because I know how to deal with having four of these guys on my team and now I'm only going to have one yeah. this is perfect so here's the best he's part like, he I know must I have done his than.
2: research he must have done his research because Bargill's in a contract year next year Nairo yeah. and Dyer Kintana are the only ones signed for the next three years. Mm. So it's clearly Nairo's team moving forward. Bargill contract year. I don't know. It's gonna be fantastic well, to watch. And there's there was
0: talk a while ago about Bargill going back to Sunweb, and at this point, Sunweb's kind of in the market for some G C guys. So maybe he'll head back to
2: his former home. Yeah, well we'll see. So oh guys, De Volta, only two weeks left, a little long. No, but it's going to be fantastic to <laughs> Dude, watch. It's been
0: so good. We've had we've had a lot of good winners. We had some good breaks. Come on, Kofidis edit Nicholas Edith or whatever. Edid, getting the jersey that was pretty nice for them. That was cool for yeah. the day. That he could hang on cool for, for a high placing for that. I don't know, man. It's it's been a good race. It's been great. Race. I I got a fact I got to get out there before you change the subject, Tim. The guy I was thinking of who won Milan San Remo with the great nerdy glasses uh, was Mark Gomez. He won it okay. in 1982 when he was a, that was his first year pro. He rode from 82 to 89 and he won some things, Volta stages, other things, but nothing like Milanson Ramo in his first year as a pro. Uh, and he, and he, wow. he's pretty cool looking. Just Google search Mark M.A. Gomez and enjoy the
1: picture. I'll have to do that. I've never heard of him.
0: Oh, I'll make beautiful. sure to
2: do that. I do want to just uh change the subject completely and give a shout out to, we were talking a little bit about education first, kind of having a little bit of a downer first week and a half of the Vuelta. They did Sep van Mark did take a win over t Spanut at the yeah. Breton classic in West France. And then also um, the Dutch, the the German tour Jasper Steven takes a win for Trek, um, Sega Fredo. So there was some racing. Yeah. There's some of your empty results. Didn't watch much of the uh, racing itself. Hey Spencer, wait! I have another I have thing. Que- Tim, I gotta say something real quick. If you
0: do a Mark Gomez image search, make sure you put Milan San Remo. Otherwise, you're just gonna end up on this kid's, uh, this teenager. <laughs> He's maybe like 13. He is. This kid is all over the internet. Maybe you want to start following this guy on social media. He seems to be on all of the sites. Pretty cool kid. Got
2: anyway, it. no, I'm definitely seeing him. I, I like the spectacle. <laughs> this Mark Gomez uh, winning Milan San Remo. Great pictures, little guy. <laughs> Thank you all the way around. <laughs> Spencer, our man on the ground, Uh you have had a a busy week going up to Quebec, going all over. What, or is there anything else in the world of cycling that captured your uh, imagination over the week besides 50,000 screaming people at a mountain bike race?
1: I mean, should there have been? I feel like that captured most of my attention, Yeah. yeah. So like I don't know if I don't know if you' lead me out here for something yeah, I'm not, I'm not not
2: I was just you know just wondering if anything else was you know pretty cool up there, you know, did you get to ride? Was there anything super exciting?
1: No, just some hmm. world championships, I guess, just saw some boring old <laughs> you know greatest cyclists in the world right now, just doing their thing um at the top highest level, all in peak form, nothing, nothing cool, cool
0: can I can I tell you something that was cool, Tim unless you're leading to something
2: you can go for no it. I'm not oh. leading to anything. I'm okay. trying to see if you guys have anything else to add before I oh, close the show
0: I, I think little guy does okay so i went I went a little uh bike bike camping this weekend and I took a little page off of a recent mitch docker uh interview where he interviewed uh what was it Michael freeberg or whatever yeah uh, mm-hmm. and and he had all the, the crazy extra long tw- cranks. Yeah, well, I didn't do that, but um, be, because I took a little inspiration and I did a couple of intervals because I had the panniers and then I had the trailer with Tom Tambunin and a bunch of stuff in it. And especially one time yesterday, I had Tom Tambunin in the trailer and then we went and got firewood. So I had 60 plus pounds, if not more in there. And I did a couple, uh, uh, you know, here, hill intervals and um, oh my God. You guys know I don't train like I used to. That was yeah. really, 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 really hard.
2: So, so training with the Burley is the new future.
0: Oh my god! It so in the way if, it, if people go back and listen to this Mitch interview, it's great. He's talking about all these weird ways to train, uh, so you can go out and smash your huge watts, um, uh-huh. like on the local like bike path, and not get in people's way. Totally right. true. I've got the Burley, and like everyone else with me is just riding along, chatting, and I am a hundred percent over the limit yeah. going as hard as I can about to puke my guts out. And everybody else is like,
1: do, 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 do. It's great training. See. So handicapping <laughs> yourself. Basically. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah, it was
0: great. It was good. It was probably the, the hardest training I did in years. So it was really good for me. I needed right. it. I All gotta, right. I gotta show up across a trek or whatever. Well,
1: you'll be, uh, you'll be ready for Schwamigan, uh, 2020. If we head out there for that. Uh, um, oh. I know folks, folks in Wisconsin are gearing up their own showdowns you guys, uh, I, I, i'm bearing the lead
0: i raced at the track the
2: last night of the velodrome can't even believe i forgot to mention this until this point. wow you think that would have been the lead of the show the well, very last time that there's velodrome racing and the fact that one of us actually did it we talked about
0: it last week a little bit anyway i did it yeah i sucked but it was a great night um ton of people were out a huge amount of fans all the like, not all the old guys, but so many of the people I haven't seen in like ten years or raced against the ten years. It was great to see everybody kind of came out of retirement. Um, clean night of racing, no spills. It was nice. It was That's super cool. emotional. It was sad, um, but it was really great. It was it was a really great community up there, and it was highlighted. It made me sad that I didn't get up as much, you know, in the last five six years. But you know, life happens. Um, but. It was great. All the love for Bob, everyone was showing.
2: It was really, it was a really lovely night. So yeah, I saw a I bunch of pictures and a bunch of videos. It looked like it was a fun time. I uh, yeah, I'm happy that you got to go up there. Can't believe you waited this long to tell us how awesome it was on the I final night nice of racing at out. the track. But what else can you expect from the Slow Ride podcast? One of us is still racing. Yeah, one on the star, and it no longer exists. So yep.
0: oh, and uh, everybody, I got some great deals on uh, tubular wheels. For the track, so anybody just hit me up, (laughs) dude. I'll I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up, and don't talk to anybody else. Just talk to me.
2: If you want to find out where you can get your very own tubular track wheels, head us up on Twitter and Instagram at the Slow Ride Pod. We'd like to thank all of our listeners to the Slow Ride Podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends about us on either Apple Podcasts or over at Google Play. We're also on Spotify. And you can email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. this
0: is Matt. I don't think I forgot anything in Minneapolis.
1: And this is Spencer in Boston, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors. Straight from the source slow ride and on Twitter at the slow ride pod.